0: The documentary, If This Walk Could Talk, a collection of experiences about the University of Arkansas's first 150 years, will premiere Thursday at the Faulkner Performing Arts Center and virtually on the U of A's YouTube channel. We invited the film's producer, multi-Emmy award winner Larry Foley, to the Carver Center for Public Radio to explain why he chose Senior Walk, with the name of every graduate, as a starting point for the film.
1: We have some great traditions on campus. We have the Razorbacks, we have the Hog Call, we have Old Main. But I remember John White, when he was president, telling me that, you know, the the tradition that we have that, that is unlike anybody else's is Senior Walk. And I have been on faculty here in my 29th year. I went to school here as an undergrad. I literally grew up on this campus moving here when I was two. And my dad's name is on there from the class of 1958. So every story on that walk, every name on that walk
0: has a story. And so there you go, if this walk could talk. So with all those names, with all those stories, how do you begin to put it into a film?
1: You know, it was a a struggle for me to figure out how to do this because I've, I'm at this point in my career where I've done some stuff, <laughs> right. you know? Yes. And, and in fact, um, my, my dear friend and longtime collaborator Dale Carpenter and I did a film on the university 15 years ago we, that we called Beacon of Hope. Now, that title was – that came right out of the, the alma mater. Mm. Um, but I didn't want to do the same thing. I didn't want to do another classical chronological history film about the U of A. And maybe no one else would care. I could have done another one with different stories. Sure. So I did struggle with, how are you going to do this, man? You know, what are you going to do? And so down the hall from my office in in, uh, journalism and, and in student media, we have a big collection of Cardinal and Razorback yearbooks And so I went down there and I just started thumbing through them all the way back to the early 1900s, which is as far back as I could go with hard copies that we have physically in the building. And in every one of them are great old photos and a lot of wonderful prose, uh, reflections on time at the university as written mostly by unknown writers. Oh, really? Sometimes attributed – but mostly not by an editor, by a student, sometimes some really wonderful quotes from like faculty members or administrators. And so I had a graduate student at the time, uh, Travis Feltner. And I, I brought Travis in and I said, here's what I want you to do, Travis. And we talked about it. I said, I want you to go down there and I want you to start writing down every one of those little stories that you think is sweet. And then I went over to Special Collections and started digging for some things, quotes from different folks, you know, all the way back to to Futrell and, and folks. Um, and that was kind of the idea that why don't we just tell it in first person by various voices that reflect on individual's time at the university? And then I will collect— a number of in-person, face-to-face interviews, and maybe something file from time to time if we find something. Uh, And so the whole film is based on
0: personal stories connected to Senior Walk. So I imagine then the stories can deal with any number of things, classes, uh, falling in love, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. the Razorbacks.
1: All of the above. Yeah. You know, and didn't really restrict it. I mean, you know, you just kind of let them flow. Uh, You're looking for um, diversity in stories, diversity in storytellers, um, diversity in eras, you know, high watermarks, challenging times. Um, Yeah. You know, just things that that, uh, connected people in the University of Arkansas experience. And— you know it's one of my favorite quotes that we come up with, and in fact, I had Travis read it and he and he's talking about well, he's writing, "Dear Mom and Dad." well, college life has been about like you thought, and I'm in my second week, but I do think I'm going to have to to drop chemistry because I'm pretty sure I'm flunking. <laughs> And by the way, can you send me a fraternity money for a fraternity sweatshirt? <laughs> I mean, you know, things that could be from any era. I
0: was about to say you could have told me that was from 1905. You could have told me that was from last year. Exactly, exactly. I'm wondering if there's a difference because if you're doing something about the Buffalo National River, you know that there there are stories that need to be in there because the fight to save it from being dammed. Uh, if you're doing one on Fort Smith and, and its role in the frontier. Well, you got to have Judge Parker. you got to sure. have Bass Reeves. This sounds like there wasn't necessarily a have to have.
1: Well, there were certain things you wanted to have in there. I mean, you really, you know, you have to have the, the thread that ties it all together is certainly senior walk. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for images. You know, a big part of what I do is like the visual research, too. And and by the way, one of the things we did here is that we shot nothing off campus. I was going to ask. The whole thing is shot on campus. Every, every bit of it. That's going to be that your act- smallest— actually- Incorrect. I just said th- not exactly right. We did drive to Little Rock and interview Janice Kearney, who I asked to write a little bit of a commentary because she's a great writer. Mm-hmm. And so we did go to Little Rock and, and got, uh, y- you know, Janice in her element. But but everything else was, was really shot on campus. You know, Kyle, there are certain things if you're going to talk about the university, you're going to have to do. You know, we do the origin of the hog call, the Razorback name, Old Main, Senior Walk – In different points in time, Um, we have some really sweet stories on those pioneers that broke the color barrier. You know, our Jackie Robinsons, and there was more than just Silas Hunt Mm -hmm. Um, and and how that connects. Uh, I, I really made an effort to tell diverse stories. There was a student from India who dropped by when we were doing our interviews and told me one of the most emotional stories I've ever heard about how he connected to the university because he saw all those names on the walk. And, and we have a, a dreamer who was one of my former students, Ana Aguayo, mm. who tells—and I'd heard her tell this story before—who tells the story about walking across the Sonoran Desert when she was a little girl coming to Arkansas and how she comes to the university and how it changed her life. Wow. You know, so it, it is diverse in stories. It is diverse in storytellers. And, you know, we hear a lot now here we're entering into African-American History Month about, you know, I'd never heard that story when I was growing up. I wanted to have these stories told by the people whose stories they belong to, and they were maybe a little bit outside of the norm.
0: Some of those quotes from the old yearbooks that were uh, without attribution, those are in here, though, right?
1: We rely heavily on those stories, Kyle. Uh, I edited them a little bit. Um, you know, there's a, a – when you walk into Old Main and you, you walk up from the the east side through the door and um, there's a little plaque on the left side and it's this face of this woman named um, Nettie Barnett, a member of the first graduating class in 1876. Um, and, and there's an inscription there. And I turned it into a little bit of artist license. Sure. I turned it into Nettie's voice. And it says, after receiving my degree as a member of the university's first graduating class, I stuffed my diploma in the saddlebags, hopped on my mule, and rode off to my first teaching assignment. Mary Antoinette. Nettie Barnett, yeah. class of 1876. That's what the plaque says. So I just sort of figured, well, they got that from Nettie. Sure. I turned it into first person. So I would do those little things. The editing was subtle. Um, but the, the, the students now and back then, and even we have interviews with folks who aren't going to graduate for three or four years, mm. um, they really narrate the piece. They tell, they tell the stories.
0: Any mention of Dixon Street?
1: You know this, Kyle, because I <laughs> ask you to to uh, to to read about Dixon Street. I, I ran upon in in an old Razorback yearbook uh, a a um, quasi dictionary definition of <laughs> Dixon Street, and one of the lines is something uh, a, a place for hippies and their dogs. <laughs> and you know, people from any number of eras yep. are going to connect to that.
0: Yep. Did you think as you're making this, because this is being created during a pandemic, during a marker in history that people will be talking about for some time, I mean, someone's going to come along in whatever medium exists 70 or 80 years now, and they're going to think about this time, the time in which you were creating this film. You know, that's an interesting
1: comment, and um, this is not in the film, but when we shut down couple of years ago this coming March, and I went in and talked with my students, and some of them were in the hallway, especially the graduating seniors were crushed by this. Of course. By this time, they knew they were being thrown off campus for all the right reasons, and they weren't going to go through graduation, and, and I, I remember sitting around with with sort of a collection of students saying, you know, I know this is disappointing, I don't know how in the heck we're even going to deal with this the rest of the semester, but think about it this way. This is not unlike what those students on campus were doing when they found out about Pearl Harbor or during the 1918 flu epidemic, which killed a bunch of people, by the way. Mm. Um, this is a momentous event that will always connect you and this point in time in history. Um, well, they really weren't having any of that. They was like, yeah, but we're not going to get to go to graduation. So it's like, you know, I'm there waxing philosophically. They really didn't want to hear it. You know, Kyle, there are some scenes in this film with people wearing masks sure. because, you know, it's a documentary. And that's the way things looked from time to time. Um, and that will connect us to that point in time in history, which, by the way, we have no idea when that's
0: going to end. There were surprises for you, Yes.
1: There are always surprises of things that you don't anticipate. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe I remember Randy Dixon, who's, you know, you interview weekly, who came across a film from like the 60s. And I mean, it's a period piece, you know, an overly dramatic with the narration and the music. Well, I had no idea. And I, you know, I did this thing 15 years ago. I didn't know that existed. Mm. And that was kind of cool. But I think what I would tell you with this is that the approach was that everybody has a story and we want to collect some of the really, really good ones. And so every story was a little bit of a surprise. You know, one of the things, and and some of these stories I knew about and I would go after, I knew Ana Aguayo's story about being a dreamer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I knew of a story that I had been hearing about And it happened before I was a journalism student. It was a fire that happened in 1970 of Hill Hall that's long gone uh, for a long time uh, from about 1945 to about 1970 was the home of journalism. And it burned. And I had heard this story. And I'd heard it from different people like Gerald Jordan and Skip Rutherford and, and Brenda Blagg. And so I got Brenda and, and Skip to tell the story. And then um, uh, I got a note, and and I, I can't exactly remember who told me this. It was someone that we know. It may have been um, Charlie Allison or Dave Edmark, one of these characters that we all know, that <laughs> said, listen, I think someone shot some film of that fire. And uh, so I—, I I dug into Special Collections and talked to those folks. The film that was shot of Hill Hall burning, and I mean burning up, man, and, and the sun coming up and you can see it burned up. We've got, And it was just like sitting on a shelf. Oh, my. And so we got that transferred. And that helps tell that story. I mean, we have the film. And I'm sure no one has seen this in decades. No one had ever seen it since oh. it was shot. Oh, my gosh. Put you know, in the developed and sitting over there on a shelf and a collection and special you know, this is like, to me, it's like digging for dinosaur bones. Yeah. It's great stuff.
0: <laughs> and I guess one reason deadlines exist is so you can quit <laughs> digging at some point. Because <laughs> this sounds like something that you could have just kept going and being entertained and finding new stuff all the time.
1: Oh, it's a hoot. You know, when I when I had to, to go back and figure, because I figured we'd talk about you know, when I did that other one. 15 years ago. I don't think I'll be around to do another one in 15 more years, but somebody might be, mm-hmm. you know, and so we'll need to preserve what we're doing here. But I got to tell you, ma'am, there are a lot of universities who quit publishing a yearbook a long time ago, and we never have, and I've always said this in media board meetings as long as I'm around and a voice in this room, uh, we're going to be publishing a yearbook. Uh, you know, all of those yearbooks are now online. But I still got a greater kick out of just walking down the hall and thr- and thumbing through the pages and that walk through time. And we could scan those great images that were taken in, you know, the early years of the university.
0: And what's great about those is that, yeah, they'll capture World War One and they'll capture a flu pandemic, but they also capture the things you would never remember, you know, the things that were... Oh, so temporary, but oh, so contemporary for the time they were. And sometimes, you know, when you're talking about a historical
1: piece, you go back to family. Mm. You know, and I got to tell you, one of my favorite stories in this film, Charles Loeffler tells it about his dad, you know, Dean Robert Loeffler, long time. Loeffler came here, you know, in the teens, the 19 teens, Yeah, was a student and wrote the first 100 years book. But he was the dean of the law school when... Um, Silas Hunt and these other pioneers broke the color barrier. And um, Silas had to take all of his classes. He was only here for a short time and right. then he passed away of uh, TB, perhaps related to old war wounds from, from World War II. But the next student in, Jackie Shropshire, um, they let him take a class or two and they put him by, behind a, a rail, like separated him fr- by a railing from the other white students and so charles son of robert leffler tells this story now, i don't know that he told anybody else it's a family story and he said my dad heard about it and he was enraged and so he goes the, – the 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 night of when he found out about this, he goes down there and he takes a hacksaw and he saws off the railing and he stores it in the dean's restroom until the weekend. And then he came up to his office under cloak of darkness and he took that railing home and burned it up in the family fireplace. Who knew this story? Talk about surprises. Yeah.
0: Larry Foley is the producer of If This Walk Could Talk. The premiere, including a virtual premiere on the University of Arkansas' YouTube channel, is Thursday night at 7. Foley is also the chair of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas.